Paul. Let me welcome Paul. Come along, Paul. Come on, give him a round of applause. Honestly. Come on up Thank here. You. Oh, you want to come up here? I'll tell you what, now that the damage is done. <laughs> oh, 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 it's not. <laughs> Dangerous, you. <laughs> I would, I'd like to uh, introduce Paul to you. Paul is part of, is it Gateway Church? Yeah. I've got the right name, thank yeah. the Lord for that. Up at Shilbottle. And he's brought some people to support. Would the Shilbottle people please stand? Good to see you. Such is our reputation that very few speakers like to come to Durham on their own. They always like to bring others with them. But Paul has a very, very powerful testimony. And today it's been wonderful to share the testimony from Andy, from Paul. And now we're going to hear from another Paul. So, Father, we just want to thank you for your transforming power at work today. We thank you that you change lives from the inside out and give a whole new destiny to be pursued. So right now, Father, just bless Paul as he shares with us the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for accepting us here. Thank you, Father God, for getting me here safely. Um, I might skip about a little bit because my life was hectic. So my testimony might be hectic. I'm not one of them that can write it down and follow it to the, the point. It doesn't work for me. Um, I became a Christian ten years ago. God came into my life. Didn't realise he was really there, but I went to church anyway. Because I knew I was dying. I was a heroin addict for 20 years. Um, my body was given up. Kidneys were given up. Liver was given up. Lungs were packing up full of blood clots right through my body um, had operations all over putting different scars right different parts right but please don't take out of what I'm sharing as his is worse than me because it's not about that it's about the miracle God does in our lives your story is your story my story is mine but God works in each of our lives individually because he loves each and every one of us exactly the same where I spent my life walking about thinking people with money were better. I've just spoke about this last night with friends, thinking people with money were better than me. Jesus doesn't look at me like that. Thinking people who had a home, who owned the house, were better than me. And it's taken a long time to get that, try and get that out of us. It's still there a little bit. I'm not going to say it's all gone. It'll all be gone when I'm in heaven, but... And I'm worshipping Jesus. Um, as I say, I... I became a heroin addict at 15 year old, wait, 16 year old. I started on other drugs at 15. I started using heroin at 16. I was on a methadone script by the time I was 17. I'd done my first jail sentence at 16 year old. Um, had a good supportive family who loved us, who would have done anything for us, would have given anything for us. They did, they used to give us more money than enough thinking they were helping us but they weren't, they were killing us but they didn't realise that, they didn't see it like that they just wanted me out of pain because I was in pain every day because when people look at drug addicts they think they use it because they want to or they use it because it's just an addiction no, it's you're in agony you're in that much pain you have to take it to get rid of that pain to live your daily life 
And if you don't take it, you're in that black, dark place where you just don't want to exist. Please switch it off. Just finish it. And that's because of the pain. And I'm hoping there's people here because people look at that as an addiction. Medications, tablets, alcohol. There'll be one in four people have an alcohol problem. But we look at addicts as worse. There's no difference. It's an addiction. It's something that's disconnecting us from God. Is What's the strongest part of any addiction? It's disconnecting us from our Father is what I've realized now. And now I go through my life, I didn't ever feel I'd get to a stage where I didn't worry about drugs. Where I went to the fellowship of NANA, I did the 12 steps. I thought I was going to have to do that for the rest of my life. I don't. What I do have to do is follow God for the rest of my life. Understand Him. Understand. Get around people who teach me about the Bible. And tell me when I'm going wrong. I don't always take that very well, but I'm learning. I'm learning. And they've got to pull me back and put me on the right path. But I'd say anybody in here who's come back from a a strange life, which we all are strange lives, don't we, really? Get around people, any newcomers, get around people who you can take them telling you when you're going wrong. And don't feel hurt by it. They're trying to get you on the right path. And we only have two paths, one to heaven and one to hell. That's the reality. And I know which path I want to be on. And God's got us on that. I didn't ever think I'd work. I've got a job. I work. I drive wagons now. A heroin addict driving a wagon. A heroin addict with a wife who loves us and cares for us. Who was a social worker. Friends who were doctors. I didn't ever think I was good enough to be around. Friends who were school teachers. Didn't ever think I was good enough to be around. And I'm from Durham. I lived in concert. I was brought up in concert. Um, So I see the problems Durham has in all the little pit villages. That seemed to be forgot about for ten years. And struggled. And when I go back and I see... They're still stuck in some of the old ways, my family. And I just want them to come to this and understand God. Because it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what's going on in them communities. Follow God, He'll change everything in your life. He'll change everything in your life. I had hepatitis C. I'll tell you, I'll skip about a bit. I had hepatitis C. I came to church. I didn't ever think when I heard about miracles, about God, that can't really happen. Yes, we're in church, we're worshipping God, but them things don't really happen. Because the devil's still lying to us. Still lying to us. Don't believe that, Paul. Don't believe that. And then God came in and healed us of hepatitis C. My body doesn't even have the antibody. Now, I I asked the doctors, because I doubted it, can you put that in writing? And they give me that letter in writing. They say, I am clear. There's no antibody there. That's our God. That is our God. Three, three years ago, they were going to take my legs off. I was in a wheelchair, couldn't walk. I'm standing there, worshipping our God, man. That's our God. How can we ever question what he is to us? And if he saves me like that, he saves everybody like that. If they turn to him, look at his face. When I heard, I don't know the gentleman's name who was up speaking before. When I heard you say, Peter... That you took your family back to Italy. What I got from that was the blind man on his knees calling out to Jesus and the apostles were saying, 
shut up, shut up. And he listened to Jesus. Jesus turned to him and went to him. And then all he had to do, Jesus only said, follow me. That was all he asked him. And he got up and followed him. That's it, follow him. Follow him, that's the starting point. And then get into it, get into it, get into the Bible. Understand what he wants to tell you about how much he loves you. Because that's the reality. It's all about him loving you. He went to the cross. Look at what he went through. Going to the road to the cross. Battered and beaten. And tortured. Because he loves me. And then hung on a cross and died on a piece of wood. But rose again for the glory, man. For the glory. You know, for us. He did that for us. To connect us back to the old father. To give us a pathway to heaven. For what? What? That is glory to me. I could jump about when I think like that because uh, where I was living in a dark black room, not wanting to be here for that switch to be turned off and just not exist, to be standing here worshiping, worshiping. And when you hear me worship at our church, I am always shouting out because it's a miracle where I am today. It's a miracle where each and every one of us are. We were on a path to hell until Jesus came for us, man. That was real. Every one of us was on a path to hell. And Jesus came and gave us a path to heaven. Worship and lift him up. Shout to him. Shout to him. He's got you. He's got you in his hands. He loves you. He's got you. You're the apple of his eye. He never takes his eye off you. When you think, well, oh, something's going wrong. That's not... Why are you letting this happen to us, Father God? Turn your face back to him and look back at him. Then things will disappear. It's normally us that turn away from him, not him turning away from us. We turn away and try to do it our way. Do it his way. It's the only way we have. I wish when you, when you talk, mate, about your friends not being there, um, I wish they had been, but what I do know is you're here. And that's, Jesus puts us all together at the right time. There's nothing happens for for any other reason than God wants us here at that time individually. And if they're not here, they were meant to be. His plan, not ours. His plan. And when we then feel bad because, oh, I didn't do that, that didn't happen. It's His plan. As long as you're following His plan and doing what He's got for you and not turning against it, we're on the right path. And if others don't come on to that, that's not our problem. As long as we're doing what's right, we just live our lives by an example of what we're doing. And if other people want to follow that, I used to try and force people to follow us. You need to do this, you need to do that. It just burns you out. I walk a path where I want to love my God, know He loves me, love the people that are around us, support the people that are around us, and know I've got a family all over the world, and hopefully people come alongside that. I would ask you all to pray for Leadgate in concert when you're in your prayer. That's where I was from. I was from Leadgate. I hope the day comes where you're planting churches up there. I do hope the day comes because, as you know, families, they have busy lives, don't they? Put a church on the doorstep, they've got no excuse. And if that day then comes, well, because we all had excuses before we came here. That's, that's not for me, really. What are you going there for? That's madness. We could be going doing this. You can come to the pub and have a drink with me. I know where I'd rather be today. I'd rather be in this every day.
but I know I can be when I want to be. I go driving up and down the road in my truck, 61 foot, 61 ton, <laughs> 61 foot long, worshipping. Another truckers must look at me and think I'm mad. <laughs> when I'm sitting in my driver's seat with my hands in the air, worshipping to God, and hearing my music blasting when I'm pulling into car parks, and it's worship music about... <laughs> I want to worship that. I want to be joyful. Where I'd, when I first came in, I'd be, I'd just turn that down. Now people can hear us. You can all hear us. I want you all to hear us. I want you all to come to where I am and enjoy the life I have through Jesus. Through Jesus. How powerful is he for us, man? Remember what he did for us. When you think he went to that cross for us. Remember him, man. When you wake up in the morning and you think your day is bad, if you think you're having a bad day, remember what Jesus went through on that road and our bad days are nothing. Remember he was raised up for us. So any time you're feeling bad, remember to look up to him and he will bring you out of it if you want him to. Don't, don't spend your life thinking your life's bad or I've got this illness, God can heal it. Or this person's now gone. Yeah, they're in heaven with him. I lost my parents when I first came into church. Both my parents died within seven months of each other. I was in church about five hours after my dad died because I knew where I needed to be. And I knew I had support around us. I don't say that negatively. Because I knew I had support around us. I knew I had a family. I got well. I was off the heroin by the time they both died. I wanted them to see me well. God had done it in his timing. So they seen me well before they died. So they knew they were going. And I had another father who was going to look after us. And a family around me. So when they were going, they knew what I had. My mum doubted it. My dad didn't. I used to push my dad about in the wheelchair at the end, talking to him about Jesus all the time. And I don't know if he got us. I hope he did. I don't know. But I'm not going to beat myself up if he didn't. There's nothing I can do about it. That was Jesus' job, not mine. And if he didn't turn to, turn to God, that's his choice, not Jesus. Because we got free will. And our will is, do we turn to him or turn away? And I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't force them. But I know I got through to him. And I think my dad's in heaven. I don't, I'll be honest. And people might find this hard. My mum isn't. My mum isn't. I know that. I know that. But that's the reality. If you don't turn to God. And people might find that harsh. That I'm standing and saying that. It's not. It's a choice. And we have to make that choice. Do you go that way or do you go that way? She chose to go that way. There's nothing I can do about it. And I loved that woman. I worshipped the ground she walked and I would have done anything. I would have given my life for her. But I can't beat myself up because she didn't turn to that. So when people say anything about the parents or family members, why aren't, but they might be in heaven, why aren't they going to go to heaven? There's nothing we can do about that. If they don't turn to Jesus, the reality is you're going to hell. That's it. That's it. People might find that harsh that you speak like that, but that is it. And we need to be telling people that when we're out there, when we're in our workplaces, when we're on the bus sitting next to somebody, and I'm not saying hit people with a Bible, 
I'm saying just tell people your life and where you are. Because that works and it touches people's lives. And that you follow God. And that what God has done for you. Don't hit them with a Bible telling them this is what you have to do. Because a lot of the time that doesn't work. So then tell them about what God's done in your life. That works. That works. Thankfully it does. Because I'm here today and I'm alive. And I'm standing on two legs that shouldn't be there because God healed them. I've got lungs that were collapsing. My body isn't full of blood clots. My liver's healed. I don't have to pick a drug up to walk through the day. I go home and I've got a wife who sits there. Who's upset because she says we stand up here because she knows where we've come from. And we're full of joy. We're together and we're married in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He put us together. <laughs> Marriage is important to him. Marriage is important to him. Don't ever get into relationships and think, well, it's a sin if you're not married to do the things that I would have done before. Let's put it that way. So I know I'm married now. I'm married in Jesus' name. And I want to tell other people to be there. And when they say, but you don't have to, that's not society today. Well, society's wrong. That's the reality. And we need to be honest. We need to be honest and we need to stand out and tell people. Because what happens is, churches think, I can't say that. They won't like us if I say that. No, the reality is we need to tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. I'm not saying be nasty, but tell them the truth of what disconnects them from where we're going. And bring them in. Show them love. Put your arms around them when they're suffering and tell them they don't have to live that way anymore. Bring them, sit them next year and here. And when that last spoke at the beginning, I can't see her. But three weeks ago she was baptised. Wow. Wow. Baptised. Another one on the path with us to heaven. Thank you. Thank you. Thank God that he came into her life at that time. And he's got her now on his path. And did you see how people worried about you because you weren't here for a couple of weeks? That's family. That's family. Worried about where you are, what's going on, just being baptised because we are family and we know. Out there in the world, people don't think like that. Oh, where's he? They're just off doing something. No, we worry because we want the best for each and every one of us. And when you're not here, we... Thank God we're all here together. You are all my brothers and sisters. And thank God that you're all here for me. Because you're all here for me. You might not think about yourself. <laughs> and I'm here for you. And I love you. And, and I say this at church all the time. I would do anything for anybody. If I can, I'm there for them. Because of what Jesus done for me. And where I come back from. And the hell I was living. For me to do anything for anybody is nothing. Remembering what Jesus done for me. So anything I can do. I could never repair what he did for me. Never repair that. So if somebody asks you to do something and you can, don't say, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for I'm hungry. I'll pray for you. If you can fix it, fix it. That's the reality. That's what he did. That's what he did and gave the clothes off his back to do it and went to the cross for us. So if we live that way, the world would be a better place. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you for all having us. I love you all. See you again.
Can we have Mr. Spenick up? <laughs> Don't look so worried, woman. This is easy. You married him. This is the easy bit. Chris, can you come and join us? Because Chris and John have been the primary connection with the community up at Shilbottle. And I just want us to pray for you. Uh, do you want to take that? Thanks. That was a... a that, oh, what do you say, really? You know, so many truths coming through there. Let's stand together. Because I do believe... Can we have the musicians back as well, please, if their uh, iPads are still working? Is it working? Is it all right? Now, I'm going to ask Chris. In fact, actually, we've got a couple more from Shilbot. Can you come out as well? I want us to pray because there's an incredible work going on. And, you know, what strikes me is just Paul has said, the reality of Jesus. And this is the Jesus we celebrate at Christmas. Let's not get lost off with fluffy sheep and donkeys. The reality is Jesus came to give him, the, as Paul says, the clothes off his back for us. So, Chris, if you would just pray, please. Yeah, Lord Jesus, thank you for the reality of your love. And thank you for the reality that you build us together into a family. That you are our brother and we are brothers and sisters of each other. And so, Lord Jesus, we, we pray now for our brothers and sisters in Shellbottle, that you would come and pour out your love and that they would see life after life transformed by your love. Amen. Father, we thank you that we are truly family, brothers and sisters in Christ, because we have one Father. And I pray the Father's blessing upon these folks here. I pray the Father's blessing upon their church and upon their community that they are so involved in. May they know the blessing of the Father in all that they do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So we just have our eyes closed because I just believe it's an important point for each and every one of us to rededicate ourselves to the living Lord Jesus who comes and transforms lives. Because as Paul was sharing the reality of Jesus, I believe he's just, Jesus speaking to us, calling us forward in our journey with him. And let this Christmas be a Christmas that we can just testify to his grace and goodness at work in our lives, that he's called us, he's beckoned us on. Paul, writing to the Romans, says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Father, we thank you that we've had that living testament today of the power at work for the everyone and for the person who thinks they're no one <laughs> the power of God for the no one we thank you Lord for this living demonstration before us of your grace 
give you all the thanks. And Lord, we just ask that we might be honest with others about the work you've done in our lives. And then we leave the result to you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Let's worship together.